this church and to missions and to your missionaries and to us as your missionary. And I just think back how many MP3 players have uh, been purchased. By the way, when I'm talking about MP3 players, you've got to see the new one I just brought back from Africa only about a month ago or so. And it has a solar panel right on it. Whereas before, maybe I showed you uh, for a while, we, we, they had to buy batteries. But up in the bush, it's so hard to come across AA batteries. And so these are Chinese-made MP3 players. We buy the SD card off of Amazon, about five bucks for eight uh, uh, megabyte or whatever card. And we can download the Bible in many different languages, whatever, wherever it's going to. Remember, Congo, French is the official language. Four national languages. I grew up speaking one as a kid and a tribal language. So I speak Kituba. And then Lingala is the main language that's spoken all over Congo. It's the military language. And then there's Swahili that you've heard. And then Chiruba. And so we get those out in even tribal languages and get them on MP3. You know, in Congo, most, there's, when they go to school, there's no books. Nobody has a book. And it's so rare to see somebody reading. So when they read, sometimes their reading skills are so slow that when they get done with a passage, they don't understand it. So my heart is to get it out audio so they can hear it and in their own language. And then it's stacked with messages. Every message I preach uh, goes on to MP3 and other pastors. I record that and they're able to get that on SD cards. So take a look at the SD cards. Bibles, we have a Lingala Bible back there on the back table. And you folks have helped with that. You've helped with the building of the Bible Institute. And now I'll share with you this evening about three pastors and tracts. So thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord's work. We're the Greens. So if you haven't met us before, it's Dan and Christine Greens. So if you spell rings, put a G before it, Greens. So when you look at your rings, oh, I better pray for the greens. <laughs> or when the telephone rings, pray for the greens. So just a little easy way to remember our last name. My wife asked forgiveness for not coming on this trip. We've been traveling around and we finally got back to Denver where we're staying in a mission house of one of our supporting churches, Calvary Community Baptist, North Glen, Colorado. And so... Uh, we got a bunch of stuff that needs to be done, our year, end of the year report with our mission board and all kinds of things. And, and uh, she, when she heard snow and bad weather, mm, no, <laughs> how about I stay and I'll do the other work and you go. So uh, it's Christine and, and Daniel Grings working in Democratic Republic of Congo. This church, is, you've been so faithful to support God's work. Thank you so much. I think one of the best ways... I can just share with you what God is doing in the Congo is by a PowerPoint. So if you uh, men want to pull it up and we'll just uh, share that. If uh, it helps any to turn off a couple lights, that's fine. And just show you what God is doing in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Remember, most of you remember my grandfather went there in 1917, married my grandmother there. My dad was born there in 1920. He married my mom there as a Baptist mission missionary. I was born there. And when I was a teen, I said, I'm not going to be a mission. I'm going to be a diesel mechanic. And I'm going to go to Laternal. I'd read Mover of Men and Mountains of R.G. Laternal. And I was going to go to, but God, 
And he worked in my heart. No, Dan, you grew up with these people and you have the most powerful thing, the gospel and the word of God. And to the person that refused it, the gospel is dynamite, explosive power. But to the person that receives it, it's dynamo, that productive power that God changes a person from the inside out. So if you guys want to pull up, will that come up actually on the screen? Oh, I have to click? Oh, you want to make me click it? Okay, well, I'll click it. Okay. <laughs> click. What? Oh, on? I'd have to get my glasses to see that. Why would it need? Oh, there it goes. Okay, we'll try this one more time. Uh, there we go. Uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Independent Faith Mission is our mission board, Daniel, Christine. And right now, we just have our youngest seventh uh, daughter adopted from Congo that's uh, uh, with us. Actually, she's over in Chicago right now. Christine's in Denver. And uh, so we're working Democratic Republic of Congo. This was just for Christmas. We had the whole family together. 32 people. <clears throat> I don't know if we were supposed to be doing that in Illinois. But anyways, uh, 19 grandchildren by God's grace. So this is our oldest, Sarah. She and her husband are missionaries in Belgium. Over to the... Will this thing work? Uh, yeah, let's see. Something at a point. Anyways, over here to the left is Christophe and Sarah, our oldest. And then they have three grandchildren. And then over to... Uh, 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 Joanna and Andrew, he's tall there right in, uh, to the uh, left of my wife. They're in Denver. They have three grandchildren. And then from them, we go to Bethany over in Leadville, uh, Colorado, and Andrew, and they have five children. And then over to Amy and James, they're in Chicago and Moni, south of Chicago there. And they have three of their own and have been fostering two Afro-American girls there. You can see them. And just are taking in fostering two kids from uh, Congo. One's 18 and one's six, uh, 15, Ruth and Merdi. And so they all of a sudden, their family has exploded to eight. <laughs> and then from, uh, uh, she's our fourth. And then our fifth daughter is in New York, Heidi and Daniel over there. And they just have a uh, grandson. And then Timothy, our only son. And then Anna, right in, uh, between Timothy and I, Anna. Uh, that is over in Chicago right now. So that's our, our family there. And hopefully this thing will click and go. Um, maybe I'm not pushing it right, but I am pushing the forward button, right? There we go. So you can see where uh, Congo is. If you look at Africa, that's a Democratic Republic of Congo. Uh, word down where the arrow is pointing in Kinshasa. Kinshasa is the capital city of, uh, of uh, Congo, whereas... We worked for 13 years up in the jungles, and that's where most of our kids were born and raised. Now God has us down in the capital city. And our new president is President Felix Chesichetti. And uh, there's still a lot of uh, problems. The people did not vote him in. But he was put in by the former uh, president, uh, sort of pushed in, and the former president is still trying to hang on to power there in the Democratic Republic of Congo. So Congo has 81 million people in the Democratic Republic of uh, Congo. The religions, about 50% are Catholic. And then 20% Protestant. 10% uh, would be Kimbangist. Kimbangist believe that God gave Jesus to be the savior of the white man. 
but God gave Kimbangu, the Congolese prophet, to be the savior of the black man. And uh, so Kimbangis and then Muslim and then other uh, local indigenous beliefs. Uh, we are now in the city of 12 million people, the capital city, right across from Brazzaville, the other Congo. That's where they found the Mokelembembe. Some of you have heard about a big dinosaur they found in the, in the Congo. Well, that's the other Congo. Remember, there's two Congos. So we're in Kinshasa. This is what the city looks like. Uh, this is the road that I travel going down to church, and we travel all the time. You can see motorcycles trying to uh, get out of the big mud, mud puddle there. Uh, so many motorcycles. That's one of the main transportations in Kinshasa now. And this is the corner of the church building. And we've been building this uh, uh, church building for years. We have a primary school, a secondary school, uh, uh, and, and a kindergarten. So three schools. Uh, so in the morning, it's a, a kindergarten primary school. And then at 1230, all those kids, and that's about a thousand some kids, go out this door. And in the door comes high schoolers from seventh grade, eighth grade up high school. So... Um, We've been building, and this church has given so many times to the work. This uh, church was started by my Uncle Mark under a mangle tree, welding something, went into a little Bible study, and eventually bought this property and started the church there. And uh, my wife and I began pastoring it in 2001. And so this was 2011. We started building the church building. Uh, it took us eight years to build by missionary funds and local funds. And then I decided, I'm going to come back to America and just share. Let the people do everything they can with building and come share. And God just brought in. And in 2016, we broke ground and started to dig all this red clay uh, and go to the second phase. And by 2017, God had given us enough to pour the foundation, even though there's a spring right under the church and here we're putting the last belt of a steel belt around the top, ready to move up to the second story, which is the, the, the auditorium or the, the sanctuary. So these are the deacons that uh, were there in uh, 2017. Quite a few of them are still deacons. 2018, uh, God brought in the finances to buy steel and tin. So I went out with my son-in-law, my son, and Robert Marsh came up from South Africa with a team. And uh, the church, every member of the church tried to buy one sack of cement and make 33 bricks. They would carry the sand, carry the water, and we had a brick machine. They would make the bricks, and that was the agreement before I came back. I says, if you, can, you guys can do everything you can, then I will try to go back and see if anybody wants to share in building, uh, getting this, this uh, roof on. So came back, the, all the walls were up, and the last belt had just been put on, and now we're ready to do the, the, um, uh, the, 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 the structure to put up the roof. So we went out and bought the steel. That's my son there, uh, a pastor from South Africa that came. And there we had five welders going when he had electricity. And the electricity would go off, would have two generator welders that we could keep going. And uh, there's only two of us that welded. And so we taught our sons and so on how to weld. And pretty soon they were doing pretty good beads. And uh, we were uh, painting these uh, frames, loading them in, taking them down to the church. And now how are we going to get these heavy beams 
way up there and bolted together. Well, we were able to get scaffolding and uh, move them up slowly and bolt them up together, crisscross them. And uh, what a great team of the whole church, all the men of the church out there helping and uh, the team that came to, to put it together. And there's a picture with the roof on and just what now we have windows, doors that we need to finish off. And uh, first Sunday after the roof got on, as we finished uh, having service in the old just open area where we've met for years, walking up and just holding hands and thanking God. We have a roof on the church now. Now we just got to get windows and doors. So um, again, I came back to the stage, shared again. God brought in uh, money to buy steel again. And I started build, building windows and doors again in our property. It's only about a mile from the church. And uh, this is one of the welders in our church. He won't, well, I... You, I says you gotta wear, you know, some eye protection. But out there, they don't. Well, they just spot. And you just keep on welding, you know. And then his eyes are red. And, and I, says, you gotta wear a helmet. No, we don't wear a helmet. That's for the mundele. That's for the white man. Wears the helmet. We, we, it doesn't burn us. And so, but it's amazing what he can do without a without a helmet. But uh, anyways, you can see building there. Uh, and and um, uh, sp uh, spray painting the doors and the windows, taking them down, mounting them. And now we're pouring the front of the church, the baptistry. And uh, there, I think if I click on this, you'll see everybody lined up, moving cement from the cement mixer uh, to, to pour, uh, pour the church there, uh, the, the front of it. And this was only like two weeks before inauguration. So uh, finally, finishing up the ceiling, putting in a faux plafond, whatever you call that in, uh, in English, putting up the cross there. And of course, we don't have any electricity, so we put up a solar system uh, where we can run an amplifier and lights. And uh, so this is our uh, church office right here. And then our, this is our training room. Uh, also Sunday school rooms, and this is our library, our association of fellowship of Baptist churches here, and a computer room here, and then the sanctuaries up on the top there. So what a neat day, the 20th of July, inauguration. And um, here we're going up to, for Tambula, Tambula na Yesu, walk with Jesus. Uh, that's Sarah, our daughter from uh, Belgium. And you can see our flag waving there, the Congo flag. So moving from where we've met for years up to the new building um, at there. Uh, my Uncle Mark started it, and this is his only daughter, Esther, and her husband, Robert Marsh, also with our mission board in South Africa. And uh, she had the opportunity, since her dad has since passed away, and, and mom, and uh, cutting the ribbon there. And Pastor Robert, who pastored it for two years. So here's inauguration. Uh, 400 and some people, and uh, what a neat time of preaching, and uh, both Pastor Jose, Pastor um, Robert, and uh, showing a video of uh, the, showing a video of um, how the church was started, giving some refreshments, that's our daughter Anna over to the left, my wife, uh, they're handing out refreshments, and uh, then preaching from the new building and our old pulpit that we had down in the old. Behind that 
blackboard there is the baptistry. So uh, I, I made it so that you can go behind it and you don't have to change and get in the water. So uh, the person can come down into the water, turn around, sit down, and then you can just easily baptize them without being in the water. So what a neat building. Thank you for all you guys did, praying, giving, so that we can have this beautiful church. These are the deacons and their wives. We had eight, and uh, one left, uh, um, Ilonga, and his wife went to New Church Plant. And just in October, Noel uh, passed away. He got malaria. And I just have to tell you some things about Congo. He got malaria. And, and when, in Congo, when somebody gets sick, they don't think about what, but they think about who. So they had to blame somebody for him getting sick and dying. Instead of malaria, that they overdosed him from this little hospital from one individual that was giving him shots to another little hole-in-the-wall hospital to another one, overdosed him, and they turned around and blamed it that one of the deacons or two of the deacons were jealous of him because he is the, one of the most faithful deacons I have, and especially with visitation. I come every Thursday at 4 o'clock, and I salute him, and I say, Okay! Who are you sending me with and where are we going? And he says, Pastor, you're going to see this person that's sick and that person that their relative died and you're going to visit this new uh, member, uh, these new people that came to church. And he's just so faithful and such a heart for souls and getting the gospel out. But so they turn this completely around, blame the church that the church has cast a spell. Then they have to go to the witch doctor and the, the witch doctor told them, well, it's somebody in the church has cast a spell on him. That's why he died. So just give you some of that so you can pray. But so sad. Pray for his wife, Mama Tantin. And uh, so that, that's my wife there having a Bible study. Sorry, I must have went through that a little bit too fast. Uh, in our home. And um, then uh, this is uh, uh, one of the two baptisms here in 2020 last year. And uh, Charlie over here to the left was one of the first people to trust Christ in my new office, in the new building. So um, I, I think this is the, the uh, most I've spent with discipling these new believers, and they know how to lead others to the Lord. And I, could, I just wish I had time to tell you about each of them. So this is a communion service. I noticed I put up verses. We painted it on canvas and with foam to help with the echo. So this is uh, just holding hands and singing a song and praying before we go out after, uh, after uh, communion service. And um, these are the teens in our home, just only a mile from the church. I try to have them every month. They're singing in French, Je viens à toi. Jésus, je viens. Jesus, I come. I come to, je viens à toi. So French is the official language and... Um, uh, of course, we always have fun things to do with teens, and always you have to have food, popcorn, and some cookies or something like that. So that's, uh, that's our son, Tim, when he was out there. We rent this house just only, like I say, a mile from the church. Daily Vacation Bible School. Pastor Robert and his family were out there teaching a song in English. Walk, 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 walk in the light. 
One time we went out with bullhorns, invited kids to daily vacation. We got over a thousand kids. So from now on, we just tell the Sunday school kids, you just go tell your best friends. Don't tell everybody. <laughs> because we only had 15 workers. But what a neat time. What an outreach. And then with our schools. So uh, our primary school, half of it, first through third grade, fills the church completely. And then that's Tuesday morning. I go down on my bicycle, have chapel with them. And then Thursdays with uh, fourth through sixth grade. And so there you can see... Uh, 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 kindergarten kids singing a song. Kids are kids wherever you go, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, this one doesn't want to go. This one doesn't want to go past this. There you go. So this is reaching our schools throughout uh, Congo. I try to go out every year and spend two weeks and uh, go with a team so one of these pastors, Pastor Munanga, right next to me, uh, has a heart for the schools. And so I go out with a team uh, from our, our church. Sometimes some young ladies from our church come. And we just go to a school in the morning and have chapel with them. And then in the afternoon, the secondary schools have chapel uh, with them. And um, this was really neat this last time. But we were four uh, schools that we had to reach. And then the law came out. It was Wednesday night. We had chapel. And the president said, no more meetings over 10 people together. And no more church meetings. So we didn't finish the tour that we normally do. And uh, just going from, there you can see Pastor Munanga, Pepe, there. Most of the other kids were in the classrooms because we didn't have a big place we could meet. So what a, a, what a blessing. And, and then to have them divide up into classrooms and use visuals to share the gospel. So on that one trip, I was able to we were able to share the gospel with, with over 7,000 kids in less than two weeks and give them each a little track, teach them a, a song in French, a song in Lingala, and a song in English. And so, what a blessing to be able to have that open door. And each church, each chapel, we had kids that stayed. These were kids that stayed to trust the Lord as Savior. And um, this is our pastors from all over Congo. We have probably about 130 churches scattered throughout Congo. And this is for one of our general assemblies. And these are the new leaders. For years, my dad was legal representative, and I was president of our Fellowship of Baptist Churches. Now, Pastor Ose is now the legal representative. Pastor Pangu, so I was his professor in Bible uh, school. Pastor Pangu uh, grew up with us in our, in our home, on a mission station. And so he's the, the president, the general secretary, the treasurer, and two counselors. And these three pastors, this church has just taken on to help support them. And these are three men that go, I used to do all these village trips. Now these men are doing more of the village trips. They're trying to get offerings from their churches, but usually when we get, try to get a, a, a trip might cost $800.00. And maybe the local church's offerings will come up to $80. And the rest, us missionaries, try to help. 
them take Bibles and go in and encourage and reach the new areas. So uh, the three pastors that you folks have taken on is Pastor Jose Talamaku. He pastors the uh, Church of Philadelphia in Masina, Kinshasa. And they have a church building. Pastor Pangu pastors in Petrol, Congo, and his wife, Emily. And then Pastor, and his, his, uh, Pastor Jose's wife is Odette. And uh, Pastor Pangu's wife is Emily. And Pastor uh, Ngonga. Ngonga means bell. Pastor Bell. He, uh, uh, he was one of my students up at Bible Institute in 1986, I believe, and his wife, Sabena, and they are pastoring a new fifth church plant of our church right near the big university of Kinshasa. So thank you so much for helping these pastors as they're struggling to try to get their churches self-supporting. Uh, uh, I, Pastor Jose, I know that they're barely covering his rent, $100 a month. That, uh, so thank you so much for your faithfulness. They, they make trips out uh, to villages like this, taking Bibles, songbooks, uh, having seminars. I still make trips too, but it's neat to see that uh, uh, them going out. Pray that Bibles will make it through customs. For one year, we've had no Bibles in Lingala, Chiluba, Kikongo, and Swahili. Uh, we've had French available. So pray that these Bibles will clear. You can see Lingala there. If you look on the boxes, here it's French. Here it's Chiluba, Kituba. That's the language I learned as a kid. You can see our songbooks there. So pray for Bibles that they'll come out. And these MP3 players are such... Please go back and look at the new little one with the solar panel. And turn it on, and then push buttons. You can push up to 600 different buttons, 600, up to 600, not 600 buttons, no, 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 no. And, uh, and anyways, you'll, you'll see how it works, how you can go from the Bible to the songbook and so on. So this is just a, a pastor I'm helping get uh, MP3 players and Bibles, you can see, and solar panels. But the new one that they just came out that I just got recently, when this last trip to, uh, to Congo, uh, has the solar panel right on it. And getting those, distributing them printing songbooks and having our youth help us. Here we're printing a Lingala songbook. And uh, the fifth church plant is out near Banzalemba. This is the Pastor Ngonga, the bell. The pastor, the bell. So you just remember uh, bell. He's the one that's uh, pastoring this. Uh, MAF gave us an old building and we're able to tear it down and uh, uh, use the tin. And that church has now grown to constantly about 90 to 110 people every Sunday. And people are being saved. And uh, so pray for Pastor Ngonga and his family are just on fire for the Lord. I wish I had more time. Here's another third ch church plant. And uh, this uh, pastor, uh, Pastor Jean, John, was one of my deacons. And God called him to start going down to southern Congo and taking the gospel. He says, we can't just keep the gospel here we got to go down to southern Congo. So, long story short, he would go down there, come back for two years, make trips. People were saved. And finally, what year was that? He called me. He says, Pastor, come down. There's at least 37 people that have clear professions of their faith in Christ. They need to be baptized. I'm not a pastor. But since we were sent out from, from this church, we want you to come down there. So, anyways, he wrote me. 
He came and saw me just about a year and a half ago. And he brought me this picture of that stack of rock. And he says, Pastor, I built this church building. Now, I've been down there probably eight trips or more to Southern Congo. It's about 400 and some kilometers from the capital city. And uh, so they built, he built the church with bark and sticks, and the rain keeps blowing it down. And he came and showed me this picture. Did you see these rocks, Pastor? I said, yeah, what, where, where did you get those rocks? Out in the middle of Savannah. He says, we're going to build a church building, a permanent church building with rock. I says, you are? I says, can I be a part of that too? He said, why sure, that's why I came to tell you. So I took my chainsaws and went down there by faith and cut down trees. I took a four-wheeler that I had and uh, an axle that I could build a trailer and uh, one ladder that I could use as straight edge for my Alaskan three mill ripping. Uh, uh, so I went down there to rip up these, uh, these stringers and rafters and uh, went and helped them carry up rock. They, they walk out seven kilometers by foot and break this rock out of the ground and the ladies carry it in their montete on their back and the men carry it on their head. So I got this rock. I, I, I know how heavy a rock is. And I said, well, that one's just about as big as I can do. You know, uh, so I put it on and I start up that hill. Straight, straight up. And the vehicle's at the top where we can put this rock in. And I'm panting. Finally, I stop. And they said, Pastor, look at you. Look at the little bitty rock that you have. Look at us. We have two on our heads. You're just a pansy. <laughs> so... This was really encouraging me, to me to go out there, help them get cut all the wood that we need for the rafters and pray that God will supply it. You can see all of them out there drying. We'd go out to the forest each day. Finally, we had come back for COVID and with the offerings, we had $3,000. And that's what they needed to build the foundation, to buy 100 sacks of cement, rebar, and wheelbarrows, and one of our men from our church go. They loaded the truck and paid the transport, and the truck took one month to get loaded. That's right in front of the church building. And then when it left, it started down one very steep hill, and the transfer case jumped out of gear, and the truck started getting speed, and the driver went into the wall, turned, turned the truck over. It sat there with all this cement, over six tons of, of uh, pr uh, things to build this church, while we spent one month trying to get another truck that would pick up these things and take it 400 kilometers down to Ibamba. Well, it's down there now, and this is the picture that they just brought for me just weeks ago when I come back from Congo. Uh, our, uh, one of our men from our church, who's a mason, and they laid all those rocks as foundation, and you can see the walls are halfway up and the pillars are up. So we're just praying for about $2,600 more to come in to finish up to the roof, and then I'm uh, pr praying to go back down there and help them put the roof on this new church building. He has planted three churches that are functioning, and th three more, and out of those three more, here was one that I went and visited while I was down there. This is a new ministry in Poinga, uh, that near where I was uh, born and raised, I got invited with this helicopter pilot, to uh, preach the gospel in these villages that are hungry for the gospel. And uh, so we went out, would show the Jesus film at night, and then have seminars. This chief, as I gave him the Bible, 
He says, missionary, you gave me the most important thing you could ever give me as a Bible. He says, do you know our ancestors, missionaries came through these villages and they wanted to stay and teach us God's word. And we said, uh, our ancestors said, our grandfather said, we don't need you. Keep on going. If you're not going to build hospital and schools for our kids, we don't need God. We don't need the Bible. And he says, look it. And that's actually the mission station that I was born in in 1957 by a missionary doctor. And he says, look at how God has blessed those people because uh, they know God. But our villages, we're still in superstition and witchcraft and sin. We need God's word. So this is a new area that God has opened up. And I went there, um, uh, reached four villages, started uh, four church plants. This is one of the, the men that was chosen to be a leader of the church. And then just in November, I was able to make a trip back out to Congo um, and spend five weeks. This is the first day I came down uh, to have chapel with the kids. And they just came all around me. Of course, none of them had masks on, but I was trying to be, you know, careful, showing them a good example. But uh, what a blessing to be able to get God's word and up there again in the pulpit. And I was able to preach, I think, at least six to eight times a week from the pulpit teaching. What a blessing to be back in Congo and have seminars with one of our missionaries, um, for, with our pastors from all over Congo, uh, be able to get some Bibles and tracts and MP3, or, uh, MP3 players to go up to the bush, be able to stand uh, behind Pastor Ngonga. So that's Pastor Ngonga and Pastor Munanga that goes with me to the churches. And they get two people on each motorcycle. And they're heading out now for six hours. They've gone as far as they can with a bus on paved road. Now motorcycles to this villages. Well, I'm going to just have to, having um, every week, I had uh, meetings with the teens because they're the future of our church. I had the deacons and their wives over to our home. And uh, five people were baptized and one other joined as member. Uh, you can see the deacons down here preparing to have communion and um, uh, accepting these new believers as members of the Iglesia uh, Sanguna Bomoy. Uh, I was so happy to baptize uh, Combs. Combs was the second one to trust Christ in my office after the preaching of God's word. And I was able to go meet his wife and share the gospel with her. And she came for, his, uh, uh, for the baptism service. Pray for her salvation. And uh, this young girl was saved through, I preached through James. I was trying to get clear through it, but I only got to the end of James. But through the first Sunday, she trusted Christ. Her name is Christavi, and this is one of the deacons. Uh, they're continuing to disciple them. They were baptized. Uh, this is just shown visitation, going visitation, and uh, uh, going to the new church plant, fifth church plant, and seeing the bricks they have, giving them $500 to continue building bricks. Uh, we got uh, 3,000 songbooks printed while I was there for $1,000. We need to probably print another. So uh, this, your church just gave us $800 for literature and printing. So we got something now to use and uh, tr so we can buy some tracks in country and print others. I was also able to uh, arrange uh, airtime for, uh, it's, it's actually one hour uh, a day. Yeah, 
at uh, up in the area where I was born and raised where they they speak in Kituba. That's the language I grew up speaking as a kid. And so I preach on that radio too. It's missionaries that have antenna, and we have a radio broadcasting going out uh, there. Of course, there's always mechanical. You guys know that I'm a mechanic. So our Land Cruiser needed an injector pump rebuilt and injectors. We did that, and we need to rebuild both uh, axles front and rear and put an ARB uh, airlock in the back diff so we don't get stuck so much. So there's all kinds of maintenance and mechanical stuff. Very busy uh, five weeks. Praise God that we have, God has allowed us to be his ambassadors for 100 years in the Congo. Belgium, Congo, then 33 years, Zaire, and now back to the Democratic Republic of Congo. And that's the last of the five children. Uh, so that's my Aunt Louise, my sister Becky and her husband, Pastor Pongo, the president of our association, one of the boys from the boys' home that my sister has, takes boys off the street in the capital city, has a boy home, and then our daughter Sarah and Christophe, and the pilot must have taken the picture. So what a blessing to be able to go back to where my grandmother died in 1933 of malaria that turned to Blackwater fever, and go back into that village for the 100-year anniversary of being able to share the, uh, the gospel of Christ there. Pray for the deacons. Um, of course, uh, 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 Noel has passed away there as they continue to, to hold Pray for the Congolese people and uh, pray for the uh, political unrest, for Ebola, for COVID, uh, need for MP3 uh, uh, players, literatures, and, and these many villages that are saying, will you come and preach the, village, uh, preach the word? So uh, uh, pray also for this new outreach, Po Inga, for the construction of these two permanent buildings, and for uh, our time here in the States, and our return possibly in April is what we're looking for, the end of March or April. Okay, if we can pull up, if you folk, uh, just a quick uh, something to take home with us from the word. I try, I'll try to keep on time. I'm, you know, in Africa, we don't worry about time that much. But I know you folks have other plans. So let's open up our Bibles to, well, I have to click that again to get it, um, to Proverbs chapter 6. Just a little truth to take with us uh, home. So let me click this and see. So if you can pull up the one from the ants, Proverbs chapter 6, and let's read verse 6 to 8. Actually, if it pulls up, so wisdom from the ant. Remember, Solomon was one of the wisest men, and he said, go to the ant. The ants have a mission, and I'm going to talk this evening specifically about army ants. In Congo, we have soldier ants and army ants. Soldier ants are about one inch long. They're black. They all go in one long line. And if you step on them, they, they sting you. And it'll feel like you're walking on a golf, golf ball, or however you say that in English. And the fire will come up your leg. That's the soldier ant. But the army ants are what attack our houses. So one, this is just for the kids. When I was young, 
went out to Congo, built my first months to cut. Well, actually, I'd gone to Bible college, and then my parents asked us to uh, move up into the jungles because, yeah, it's a long story. Anyways, I built my first months to cut. And I was living with my African brother in a months to cut at night. And I woke up and I knew that sound. The whole Munstikas was just alive with, with noises of thumps, uh, uh, cockroaches and lizards and snakes and rats coming out uh, from the, the, the Munstikas. And I knew it would be an attack with drive ram. And I reached over and turned on my flashlight and the whole outside of my net is just covered with army ants. And they've invaded our Munstikat, and they're going to eat everything alive. And I think, <clears throat> they won't get into my net. And I tuck it in better, and I try to go back to sleep. And I just hear these plop, plop, plops, and they're on everything. And finally, I call out to my, my brother, Pastor Musanga, we've been invaded by, by army ants. Let's get out of here. And I look out. Of course, you know, this is 100 degrees still at night. Maybe it's cooled down to 95 and about 100% humidity and you're sleeping in your shorts and your pants and your shirt are outside there. And this is in the middle of the night. Turn on your flashlight. It's just covered with ants. And these are the big army ants that have big pinchers. And when they go into you like this, the only way to, to get them to release is break the head. Smash the head. And when that head goes crack, then those two pinchers come out, and two little drops of blood come out where they went in. <laughs> so you don't want to play around with them. So we jump out. Of course, well, I shouldn't tell you all these stories, but those, uh, we could have went over to my mom and dad, but my African brother said, We can't go to mom and dad's, dad's house in the middle of the night. That's taboo. I said, where are we going to sleep? Let's go sleep in a Jeep. So from about 12 midnight, Till 5.30, we keep going back and checking on, and we want to get some clothes on before people wake up. And, the, you know, chickens are already crowing. I mean, we had clothes on. We had, you know, shorts. But, I mean, you're supposed to be dressed in the morning, you know. And so, finally, uh, finally at 5.30, the ants start going back, and uh, we can go back into our months to come. That's just a little story. Oh, I shouldn't tell you all these stories. So, let's read what Proverbs chapter 6 says. It says, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise. Wise. So let's make a cross out of wise. And which have no guide, no overseer or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her food in the harvest. Just a few truths for us to take home with us. First, ants work. And they work together. The work of the gospel of the ministry, it's work. Your pastor works. Oh, sorry. You know what this means, right? This is taking off the sweat. It's work. And you know what this is. When you slap your fingers, that's when you get excited. So we'll teach you how to do it. You just let them, just let them flop together. <laughs> that's when you get excited about things. Because I'm excited about the gospel, and about missions, and about souls. So ants work together. They have initiative, initiative in their mission. They have a mission. And ants, wise, store up for the future. And ants have extraordinary strength. So let's just go real quick because of our time and just get a few truths here. If it will move, click, click. 
They work together. So, they work together. You guys might have to click it back there. Army ants can build bridges. Look it up here, this picture. They're, they're going, I've watched them on streams. Come to a little stream, and this one crawls over this guy's back, and they all hold on to each other, and build a bridge across the stream. I wish I had pictures to show you. But my wife put that picture up there. Click, we can go up it. And, uh, you know, Ephesians chapter 4 says, God has given us leaders, our pastor, pastor, of course it talks in Ephesians 3, pastor, uh, teachers, uh, of course apostles, which now we have missionaries, uh, and evangelists, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work, the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And what pastor's job is to help us as the saints so we can go out and do the work of the ministry. That's pastor's job. And so ants work together, and they do it together as the whole colony. They have a mission. They know what they're doing. They have a mission within their ant colony under the ground and without. And so 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18 says, God has set the members in the body. God has given each one of us. If you have received salvation, the gift of salvation, I believe that God has also given you gifts. And every one of us has different gifts to use within the body of Christ. And by the way, if you're part of the body of Christ, I think you should be part of a body of a local church. Where a colony of a local church where you can be part and serve together and everybody serves as God has gifted them, striving together for the faith of the gospel in Philippians and then um, I think, okay, it'll, 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 it'll click here uh, pretty soon. I don't have my notes before me, you can see. And again in, in Psalm how it tells us how good and how pleasant for brethren to dwell together in, uh, in unity. We work, but we do it together uh, uh, according to the mission that God has given us. So, ants have initiative. And uh, they, they have initiative within the colony. Do you know that when ants progress from a maggot to adult, that first of all, the first responsibility they get, study ants, it's, it's very interesting. The first responsibility they get is to take care of the maggot, to feed the maggot. Then they graduate, and they go feed the queen. And then they graduate, and they become scouts. And they go out of the ant colony to look for food. And then when they uh, are scouts, then eventually they go back in. That's when they get old like me. And they work with, in the ant colony. And they take the garbage out. And then pretty soon, they die. And then the older ants carry them out and bury them. Sounds kind of sad, doesn't it? You and I will die someday, won't we? We need to do, we need to know our mission, and we need to do what God wants us to do that counts for eternity. So ha ants have initiative and uh, mission, and we know our mission. Our mission is to share Christ with people, to disciple them, to see them become members of a local church and then be obedient because if they're not obedient to the word and then our mission is always souls and 
Uh, Romans 6, uh, 17 says, But ye have obeyed from the heart. And 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 16, Paul says, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. So we know our mission. Our mission is to glorify God through reaching people and bringing them to Christ, sharing the gospel, which is God's power to salvation. So ants also prepare for the future. And you and I need to prepare for the future. Everything we see is temporal. Look at this body. You see it? It's temporal. But what we don't see is eternal. And that's what counts for eternity. It's the souls of people. And uh, so they prepare for the uh, future. 1 Corinthians 9 talks, Paul talks about running in a race that we may uh, obtain the imperishable crown. It will not perish. He says, I don't run as somebody beats against the air. But I have objective. I know what, what God has called me to do in my life to reach souls. So the things that are seen are, are uh, not seen are eternal. And in 1 Corinthians 3, every man is going to receive a reward. And uh, it's a, a fire is going to test it. And only gold, silver, and precious stones will remain. Remember Jesus said in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12. This is my life verse. Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly. We don't know when. But my reward is with me to give into every man as his work shall be. So ants think about the future. They store up for the future. They have extraordinary strength. You can see that ant there lifting that big thing. They can lift 10 to 50 times more than their body weight. And you and I, if we are allowing God's Holy Spirit to use us as an instrument, we can do extraordinary things for God. And uh, we were just talking in the Bible study about, you know, do I push creation to an evolutionist? Do I push it down his throat? No. God's Holy Spirit has to convict men of their sin, of their lack of righteousness, of judgment. And all we can do is share the gospel, but God has to convict them. So be strong in the Lord, and remember what Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. And then in Isaiah 40, 30-31, even the youth shall faint and be weary, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. And Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strength. Not that we have the strength. Not that we can go bonk somebody over the head and get them saved. Many of us has relatives and friends, right? That we'd like to be saved. We can't make them get saved. It's God has to do, and they see Christ in our lives. So ants have extraordinary strength. And the last point there, they, so they work together. They have initiative. They have their mission. Mission within, mission without. Do you know what those men are doing back there in that room? If you put me right back there, right now, at the, take care of all this. Put that PowerPoint in there, convert it, and do all their... You would laugh. But, if you give me their car and say, hey, pull that engine and transmission, put a new clutch in it, put brakes or whatever, I might have some idea. And I got the tools in the back of my car. <laughs> but I'm just given that as... But now think of it spiritually. Each of us, God has something that he has given us to use within the body of Christ. And we need to know our mission. If somebody asks you right today, what is God building? 
What would you say? Somebody said, what is God building? He's building his church. And he's building it with people. And for some reason, he has chosen that you and I be able to take that precious gospel and start with the sin problem, consequence, to God's solution, and to the decisions, Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, he's God's solution. God sent Jesus. There's nothing you can add to what Jesus did. If we share that, God works from the inside out. So, initiative and mission, whether it's even those that are within and without going on, we need to uh, uh, store up for the future and then we need to remember to uh, not only store up, but the extraordinary strength that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so through a, a few questions to ask ourselves as we go home th this evening is number one, click what colony do you belong to? There's lots of ant colonies. What colony do you belong to? If you're part of the body of Christ, I hope that you're the part of the local church. Um, and I'm not trying to spiritualize this, this text, but I'm just taking some truths that, are, that I see in the ants. Do you know uh, Christ's mission? Uh, and what part do I have in fulfilling missions here and worldwide? Within, what is my responsibility here? It's just as important. You know, you being faithful is just as important as me being faithful over on the other end. Maybe you'll never get to Africa. But I also won't ever see the people that you work with and your neighbors. I might not never meet them. Each of us need to be faithful where we are. And then, do you know your spiritual gift? And are you using it? And then, how many people have you brought to the, uh, the, uh, to the Savior? And uh, that, that's a question for each of us to think. How many people have I invited even to church? How many people have I given a track to? Wow, this church, you've got all kinds of good tracks. And uh, have a track ready. And uh, be looking for that person that God wants you to and how can I be part of missions in my local church? And then lastly there, um, how can I uh, help as a worker, a soldier, a scout? What is my part in this local church? And would I be willing if God said, I need you to go? Would you be willing to say, like Isaiah said, yes, Lord. Pastor? it over to you and I'd love I'll be back at the table love to talk to any of you and show you the mp3 players and a little bit about